0: section 13 of the american book of the dog this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by joshua dickey the american book of the dog g o shields editor section 13 the russian wolfhound or barzoi by william wade in beginning an article on this breed the question of a bystander, why, what do you know about that breed, is most pertinent. I really do not know anything about them in the sense that a rider on other breeds is supposed to know of the breed he has under consideration. But the consolation in this case is that, little as I know, nobody else knows much more. The breed has never been, in this country or in England, a regularly recognized one with points and characteristics well defined and authoritatively established. It may be aptly said that the Russian wolfhound, or barzoi, is an immense greyhound in conformation with all the elegance of contour of that grand animal, but much larger. The chief distinguishing feature of this breed is the coat, which is long, fine, dense, and should be flat although many specimens have a roughness or waviness of coat suggestive of a deerhound cross that it is true that there is no definite fixed type of the breed even in russia is incidentally shown by mr a j rousseau of st petersburg in the london fancier's gazette of february seventh eighteen ninety he says that russian breeders have been trying for seventy-five years to divide the two types the long and short-haired dogs and that in spite of their endeavors puppies of either type will come in one litter this is simply confessing the most lamentable incapacity of the russian breeders for english breeders have revolutionized pointers setters spaniels and terriers in much less time than this and have actually created the race of bull terriers from the incongruous elements of the waspish old english terrier and the bulldog as there is every probability of the Russian Wolfhound being taken up in real earnest in England, a few years will doubtless see the development of a recognized fixed type. And until this is done, the only type to be considered is the dog of power, elegance, and beauty, viewed in the light of commonly accepted requirements, which are found in some degree in all good breeds of dogs. General features such as size, build, coat, and color seem to be about the extent of the requirements of a specimen in russian wolfhounds therefore only characteristics applicable to all breeds of dogs are of weight in forming an opinion of any particular specimen thus for a long coat on a dog that is at all of greyhound type it is plainly requisite that it be flat a rough or shaggy coat is evidently incongruous the same as to head the dog belongs to the greyhound family and must have a long, clean, narrow head, great strength and arch of loin, depth and capacity of chest, firmness of feet, muscle and forearm and hindquarters, length and carriage of tail. Well-bent hawks and an absence of all useless lumber are plainly requirements of the breed. As to the history of this breed, there seems to be no authentic records. The Book of the Dog by Vero Shaw is the first work in english that mentions them their uses seem to be in general those of the greyhound mr rousseau was disposed to resent the application of the name of wolfhound to them saying that they were used for coursing hares and chasing foxes and were in no sense wolfhounds however the industry of mr f freeman lloyd disinterred pictures of the breed showing them in combat with a wolf with the wolf at bay a huntsman astride of it holding it by the ears while an assistant cut its throat this acrobatic performance was so hard to swallow that it raised a storm of criticism which resulted in bringing out evidence that the feat was actually practiced it seems probable that in the more settled districts of russia where wolves are extinct the dog is used for coursing hares only while in the wilder district where wolves are still to be found these dogs are used for hunting them certainly it would indicate a lack of judgment on the part of the russians if they did not use a breed so particularly fitted for wolf hunting in that sport this dog having the speed power and courage for the task as confirmatory of the opinion that they are so used i note the report of a coursing match near st petersburg given in the fancier's gazette of london in december eighteen eighty nine wherein it is stated that after coursing hares for some time the gameness of the dogs was tried on wolves with the result that a single bitch chased caught and threw a dog-wolf and with all due respect for the cracks among greyhounds and deerhounds i do not believe that one of them can be produced capable of duplicating the last part of this performance unless russian wolves have degenerated from the standard of power and ferocity with which they were credited in our early days the correspondent of the fancier's gazette arrived at the conclusion however that the russian dogs would stand no chance whatever with an english greyhound in coursing and this has always been the opinion of the most competent and impartial observers in england whether the russian dog be he greyhound or wolfhound is the dog wanted in the far west for hunting wolves or not it is certain that there is one use for which he is preeminently fitted i e as the Chien de Lou, no other breed combines elegance, speed, and power to the same degree. The Mastiff has the power and disposition for an efficient guard and companion, but lacks the speed and elegance. Notwithstanding his distinguished dignity, the same is true of the Saint Bernard and also of the New Finland. The Boarhound may have the speed and doubtless has the power, and the finer-drawn specimens have a certain degree of elegance. But there is an expression of ferocity on their faces that unfits them for companions, especially of ladies. With all his elegance and speed, the greyhound lacks the appearance of power, and the deerhound has such an air of roughness that elegance seems an impossible attribute. In each and every one of these particulars, the Russian dog is super-excellent. And there is a particularly aristocratic, high-bred look about the dog that can be more easily realized than described. As the companion of a well-dressed woman in her walks in the park or country, or as the finishing off of a handsome span of horses, I can imagine nothing to equal this dog. A most important qualification to this statement is provided the temper of the particular animal be trustworthy. In this matter there is great diversity. Czar and Ivan two well-known specimens in this country, are perfect demons in temper toward other dogs, while Elsie is gentle and peaceable to a fault. I fancy that Russian breeding tends to develop the savagery in the breed, while English breeding will draw out the gentle, peaceable traits generally characteristic of all English breeds of dogs. The pictures of Tsar and Elsie fairly represent, in a general way, one type of the breed, one that might be called the setter greyhound type. Czar's being a good likeness of the dog, while Elsie shows much more bone and less muscle and quarters than she really has. Neither picture does justice to the coats. Czar's being much smoother with the commonest grooming, and Elsie's being scant on account of low condition. Czar is a powerful, well-made dog, about 29 or 30 inches at the shoulder, but hardly as long in the back as other specimen I have seen in which point Elsie shows an extreme development and an undesirable one. Czar was selected at the Jardin des Clémarchons as an unusually fine specimen, and Elsie was selected by Mr. F. Freeman Lloyd in England as the most promising brood-bitch he could find, either in England, Paris, or Brussels. In Opromiote, who was recently illustrated in the American field, we have a totally different type the stilty, chucked-up appearance, the absurdly small head and short neck, the shaggy coat and drooping nose being most marked, and it is simply a matter of taste as to which of these diverse types shall be considered the correct one. opromiote being the property of a Russian Grand Duke, may be supposed to be the Russian ideal of the correct thing, but I fancy that Occidental taste will scarcely approve this selection this however is a matter for future determination the defects commonly objected to in nearly all specimens of the breed are bad carriage of tail many carrying it in sickle fashion away up in the air most uncharacteristic of the greyhound family wavy and even shaggy coats coarseness of coat it should be the very finest of the fine, so that when the dog is in motion it actually waves in the wind and of course the bad hocks, quarters and feet that occasionally occur in any breed some greyhound men in england have cited that unusual length of body as an objection to some specimens but from all i can gather this is a tolerably common characteristic of the breed if not accompanied with extra muscular strength of loin this extra length is certainly an objection but in most of the specimens I have seen, this muscular development was so marked a feature that no weakness was the result, while it certainly adds to the elegant appearance of the dog. Another decided blemish is the drooping nose, i.e. one not parallel with the general line of head in profile. This fault was conspicuous in the case of Opromote, and was noticeable in the dog rival and bitch Zari shown at the new york show of eighteen ninety it cannot be a characteristic of the breed in general as the illustration of czar and elsie show fairly level heads while the dog ivan romanoff the winner at new york in eighteen ninety was much like elsie in this respect the greater elegance of the level line of profile is too obvious to need further remark it is highly probable that the importation and breeding of these handsome, stately dogs will increase, and that the breed will soon attain the popularity in this country that it so richly deserves. End of section thirteen. Recording by Joshua Dickey.